The worst podcast Oh, ever. it was not that bad. <laughs> Padded Room Radio. My name is Darian, coming straight to your dirty fucking ear holes on a sultry Tuesday night. Nobody is here. Miss Monica, gone. Buddy, gone. Who are these strangers in my house, however? I drug all the way from Maryland. I threw him in a gunny sack and brought him. It's Crack House Matt. Matt, how are you this evening? Hey, hey, hey. I'm doing well, guys. All the way from the I Hate Your Face podcast. Do we really need to bring that oh, up? I'm bringing it up. <laughs> I'm bringing it up, baby doll. Irma Gersh, Ian, uh, who was, there was another, oh, J- Jason Harrell. Jason Harrell. For a short time. Um, Before he decided to never leave his couch again. The, uh, what, what was that? The, uh, the Random Podcasting Network. Random Podcasting. Which comprised of I Hate Your Face and Horacopia. I think that was. I think that I was, think that was it. it. That was the the whole of the network, except Irma Gersh's daughter had a show going for a little while. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I rem- I remember that because I was her her one of like her star guest. <laughs> that's right. That's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> yeah, when you're the star guest, if you're coming to this guy for some star power, you're, yeah, yeah. you're wrong. Well, and you wonder why it's non-existent now. Well, I mean. I've pr- I've pretty much absorbed them. <laughs> They're part of the padded room network now. I got uh, I got yeah, I got Alan. You got Alan. I got Alan and Shelly. They do a true crime podcast That's right. now. They, they, I listen to that. Look, um, look at Wednesdays. Jesse, I think, is doing like a blind, blind Frankenstein. It, well, he's thing. still blind, obviously. Yeah. You know, I mean, guys, blind. You don't. Yeah, I don't think that goes away. No, I mean that, doesn't, that doesn't buff right. No, out. you need like uh, like topical creams and ointments. That's not going to help for blindness, sir. <laughs> Uh, but it's cool. Oh. Hey, what are you doing here, man? What's oh, going on? Shit, man. Well, I heard, uh, heard you were down a couple of hosts, so I figured I I'd hop on a fucking plane and uh, hop out here and help you out on this Tuesday night. These motherfuckers. Let me tell you about these two clowns, okay? I love them dearly, Monica and Buddy. Uh, they usually give me about 16 minutes notice before they tell me they're not coming to the show. And then I got guys like Jason Harrell who want to be on the show desperately, and they're like, hey, man, you never have me on the show anymore. I don't know who's going to be on the fucking show or who's not. I might need to like put a like bleacher seats in here for all the people that want to come in. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You know, I could throw a fucking football and hit Jason's house. From I here. know, I know. But the <clears throat> and you're right. You're right about that. But the question is, does he have enough time to watch the movies involved? And regardless of that, is he going to be pissed at me? Because when he gets pissed, it's very <laughs> he lets you know. That's dude, for sure, dude. It's like it's like when your your girlfriend is pissed at you and she doesn't talk to you, and you're like, hey, what's up? What's up with you? Nothing, I'm fine. That's how Jason Harrell is. 
He made me sit through a movie called Plutonium Baby. Plutonium Baby. I remember Plutonium Baby. Motherfuck. <laughs> it's bad. All right. It's it. Me, he, uh, me and Nicole had to sit through that one. But then didn't he still give you shit about it, even though... It was no, even- no. He gives me shit about things like uh, movies like, um, uh, what is that, uh, Giselle, Jezebel, uh, oh, Jezebel, I mean, you know, they're bad. I'll give you that, but Plutonium Baby, dude, possibly that the worst is, movie in existence. That is bad on a level that is just, it's it's not so bad it's good, it's so bad it's actually worse. Right. Then yeah, the this previous. Is, this is not Troll 2 category. This is no, not. Uh, no, no. You can have fun with Troll 2. Yeah, this is uh, not even Plutonium, baby. An hour and 43 minutes. Yeah. Think about that, Matt. Think about that. An hour and 43 minutes, I had to sit and watch that fucking movie and, like, pay attention and focus and be like, okay. That guy goes to the end and then he. Uh, oh, wait a minute. He's 15 years older now and he got lost in. I. That that's my job in the padded room is to pay attention. I'm surprised your TV wasn't broken after the end of that one. Oh god, you can't even find it, man. <laughs> you know you know how you know how fucking hard I had to ride the pirate ship to find plutonium baby, plutonium baby. <laughs> Think about it. that's not something you're going to find out at a red box at the Seven Eleven, man. Not. You you put plutonium baby at the red box, it gives you the middle finger. <laughs> Not on the, it's, it's not a, on the shutter because shutter will go out of business. Sh- no, are you serious? Shutter is known for quality yeah. programming. They're like Plutonium fuck. baby. They're like go fuck yourself. <laughs> and fu- you, we just canceled your subscription. Since you want you want to ask for Plutonium baby, or you're done. <laughs> you're done. You're done, sir. All right, you <laughs> motherfuckers. I got crack house Matt in the house. Oh. Uh, we got horror news. We got listener mail. Matt has none of the above because he just kind of stumbled into this horse shit. Uh, <laughs> f- how lucky for him. <laughs> right. Haven't seen the movie. I have no news to contribute. He has you know nothing. What? I'm going I'm to do my best. He is a sounding board. At this point in the show, I could replace him with a potted plant, and we would have the exact same show. Not he's, that I'm going to. He's not wrong. Not that, you're, not that I'm going to do that. I'm not an asshole. Yet. A couple more shots. Yeah, a couple more shots. A couple more shots uh, start to ramp up the asshole. I'll tell you what, my friend. uh, I've got some horror news to talk about. Let's get into it. (laughs) Horror news. Miss Monica, take it away. Oh, that's right. You're not here. Go fuck yourself. Well, I, well, I do know. I guess the only uh, horror news I can contribute. Oh, you have something. A little bit. What do you got? Um, I did read that there is a sequel to The Babysitter, uh, the Netflix original, coming oh. out soon. So we're going to get ourselves a little more. Uh, I think Samara, Samara Weaving, Weaving is on board. She died at the end, so yeah. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how that works. Prequel. But, yeah, but I, I'm entirely on board with a little more Samara Weaving. Prequel, I say. Yeah, that was not a bad show. I like I like The Babysitter. I do have one problem with it. What's that? Uh, okay, so you got a group of kids. They're your typical horror cannon fodder. You got your jock, your, your stoner, your token black guy, uh, your slut, um, and then you have the the whole black magic situation going on. You need to sacrifice the dork in order to bring everybody's. Um, oh, don't forget the token Asian girl as well. We have the token Asian girl. Well, in she that. was the slut. Wasn't she? No, we had, the slut was the uh, the the cheerleader girl. All right, well, well yeah. We, either way, we don't need to get into semantics here, sir. Um, so the jock is chasing the dork around, and all of a sudden, the dork starts getting bullied by the neighbor guy. 
end chase, the jock is now tutoring the dork that he has to uh, sacrifice on how to outwit the bully. That, 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 I don't know, man. I don't know about that part. That, uh, that notwithstanding, the movie I thought was great. Yeah, movie overall was solid. That good, part good was a little, com- that was a, a bit of a red flag for me. A decent horror comedy overall. I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, always on board with Samara Weaving. Even after the movie was over, I'm still on board. 80% on board with having her as my babysitter. Okay. <laughs> Did you, uh, well, I don't, okay. I mean, you're like a 50-year-old guy, so if you're hiring babysitters and uh, <laughs> you don't have any kids, it's kind of creepy and weird. And here comes Chris Hansen with a script. <laughs> Says here you'd like to have sex with her anally. What is that all about? believe she was age (laughs) (laughs) it's a role-playing website sir i don't i don't know uh are you familiar at all with predator hunting grounds crack house matt predator hunting grounds i am not this is a video game that's coming out okay it's got uh gameplay footage has just been released it looks fucking dope so you're familiar with predator i know that yeah the original movie you got your uh your team of army specialists go into whatever to complete a mission run into the predator I, That's how the video game is going to play. I, I need your Arnold impression live. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Come on, do it. Why don't you do it now? Uh, so the video game, you're familiar with Dead by Daylight? At oh, all? yeah. All right, game. so that's basically how the game is going to play. Okay. You're going to have five or six uh, players playing as the army spe- specialists. You got one guy as a predator. They've actually got a mission that they're going to do. And, and they have to go into like a weird... Uh, uh, I don't know, like a fucking, you know, like the the first 45 minutes of Predator where sure. they go into the weird encampment and they shoot a bunch of guys. That's what they're going to do. That's your mission. Another guy is going to play as the Predator. He's there to fuck some shit up. Looks dope. I am psyched for this. Nice. Did you ever play the, the Friday the 13th game? Yeah. Um, if you like playing the same game over and over and over and over and over again, then that is the game for you. I'm not mad at it. I just feel like Dead by Daylight has so much more to offer. Yeah, Dead, Dead by Daylight's way better. Especially I agree. with the added, the added killers that they got that they've been bringing in. Have you played Mortal Kombat 11 yet? Are you out of your fucking mind? Of course I have. I cannot stop playing Mortal Kombat 11. There's one piece of gear that I am desperately trying to find, and I cannot get it. Uh, it's for it's just it, it's actually not a piece of gear it's a it's a lack of piece of gear okay you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's uh I'll, t- I'll tell you right now inmates what's going on I, my 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 go-to character for this game is scarlet because she's sexy and she's redhead and i like that well, something i like to you know play with the uh the custom uh character custom avatars after the wife goes you know, to bed just, kids are uh, asleep you put the little sleeveless thing on her, and then you do the little photo op mode. It's, you have some fun. Yeah, uh, but what I want to do, Crack House Matt, is I want to take the face mask offer. And you need, that's actually a piece of gear in and of itself. Okay. I can't get it. I can't do it. There's like this weird slot machine thing you can play in the crypt. I've dumped millions of combat coins into that motherfucker. It has not given it to me. And um, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not giving up until I get it. So... Fucking, there you go. And how many beat-off sessions are we going to have to uh That's personal. On? We don't talk about that on the podcast, you maniac. Jesus Christ. See what happens when Crack House Matt's in the house? He talk, hey. wants to know about how I beat off and hey, things. Last time I was on, it was anti-viral. We're talking about... Uh, oh, the, that's right. That was yeah, a good show. That was a good show. Celebrity we, viruses. We brought you in specifically for your expertise because we watched that horseshit Brian Cranston real estate movie. 
Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, no, no, it wasn't Brian Cranston. It was uh, Brian. Cran- the de- it was the dead guy. Brian Cranston was in it. Three's Company. Uh, John Ritter. John Ritter. But Cranston was in it. He made like a forty-five second. Cameo. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it wasn't that great. Uh, right on. Oh, you brought up Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. Are you ready for some more uh, downloadable content? I am. What do this we have? This is going to blow your fucking mind. Are you ready to be the killer as the Demogorgon from Stranger Things? Me? No. Are you ready to be the survivor as Nancy or Steve? That's happening. Wow. That is happening, sir. All right. When you first said Nancy, my mind immediately went to Nightmare on Elm Street, and I thought of the teeth. <laughs> The teeth on Nancy? Why? The teeth? He- Heather Langenkamp? Oh, okay. Well, so I, I, I went to Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, oh, Na- Nancy and Steve from, uh, from, from Stranger, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah, man. I'm, I'm down with the Demogorgon. Nancy or Steve? Eh. Dude, I mean, uh, I'm not, I, for the life of me, I can't get good at that game. Um, I, get, I got like a mediocre thing with the, if I play as a survivor. As I'm the killer, uh, people just laugh at me and... <laughs> I take my little earbuds out and I throw them because I can't find anybody. And then when I do find them, they run away and I can't fucking catch them. And it doesn't matter which killer I use or which strategy. I play it anyway because I love it. And it's I love game. being the killer. And every now and then I get lucky and actually kill somebody. doesn't happen too often, but whatever. Uh, are yeah. you ready for a Halloween from 1978 and a Halloween from 2018 uh, two-movie Blu-ray? You know what? Yes, I am. I'm one of the few guys out there that is not a hater on the new on the 2018 Halloween. I thought it was a good show. I'm man. not mad at it. I'm not it mad at show. that. Uh, there's some things that are kind of wacky, but sure. I don't. You know, I'm not going to dwell on it. I thought there were some great scenes in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing with the the motion light that was I think that was top notch. That was probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Motion light was good. I like the just the stalking through the neighborhood, kind of the the single shot cam that as he walks and goes through the house and then goes back out, grabs you know, has the hammer, then he finds the butcher knife. I like that. So that was a good scene. I like um, that. I yeah. don't like uh Laurie Strode being turned into Sarah Connor. That's kind of wacky. I did get a bit of a Sarah Connor vibe for sure. That's kind of wacky. All of a sudden turns into remote survivalist. Um, here's, here's the real problem I had. And I'm not mad at it. Let me just, let me just regale you for a second. The, like half the movie, they set up Lori as this recluse. Who is she? Where is she? Where has she been? She lives out there by herself. She never talks to anybody. As soon as she comes into town, everybody knows her. Right. Everybody, hey, it's Lori. Whoa, hey, what are you doing, Lori? All right. That's a writing flaw. That's what I like to call a writing flaw, Matt. Loophole. That's a, a loophole. Somebody should have caught that in the development meeting. That doesn't make any fucking sense, dude. Rewrite that shit. Come up with something else. Regardless, uh, Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2018 are coming out on a single Blu-ray uh, this October, if you're interested in that. Huh, I mean, uh, original is always a, always a go-to staple, especially in the time of year we're coming up for. Um, watch it at least a couple times a year, so I love that one. And I just recently we watched the 2018 version. I I enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I I know Halloween what 2020 is coming out next year, so mm-hmm. looking forward to that. And I may uh, I may have to pick that one up. Right on. Are you at all a fan of uh, Masters of the Universe? Little uh, He Man loincloth action. That's uh, what I'm talking about. Are we talking the the Dolph Lundgren He Man? I mean, if you want to get all mullets on us, then yeah, go right ahead. I, I may have gone a little uh, six to twelve on you sitting over here thinking a good old Dolph. I think uh, you're gay, so <laughs> uh, welcome to uh, gayness, and I'm glad that you came out on my podcast. Uh, we we love you anyway. Don't worry about that. Um, 
I think that is the only movie that uh, what's her name was hot in. What is what is her name? Um, I know she's got the the creepy blue eyes. She played Evelyn. Um, oh God, damn it! I know she was in uh, Lords of Salem in thirty one. Um, thirty one, really? Yeah, she was, and she looked all cranked out. She made it about to the forty minute mark. I'm gonna pull her up right about now. You we know, got voice. While you're looking that up, thirty one is another. Uh, you know, everyone kind of shit on that movie too. Thought it was one of Rob Zombie's worst. Um, I didn't see it until recently when it came on to Shutter. What'd and, you think of that? You know, actually, I I didn't mind it. Um, I'm actually one of the few that I, I've liked most of Rob Zombie's movies, uh, with the exception of Halloween Two. Um, I thought his original remake of Halloween. I mean, like like you've talked about multiple times. You've Meg got, Foster. Meg Foster. Woo. I would. I wasn't going to pull that. She's out of not my attractive. She's not attractive. But in, in He Man, as Evelyn with the weird skull piece, I found her. Well, that was thirty years ago. Sir. I agree. Thirty-four years. All ago. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, Kevin Smith and uh, Netflix are producing a Masters of the Universe animated series. I can't forgive Kevin Smith after Yoga Hosers. Yoga Hosers was bad. Tusk, not a fan. Um, dude, at some point... Here, okay, here's what I think. Here's here's a quick synopsis of my uh, Kevin Smith adventure. That guy doesn't have any friends, I don't think is... I think is what the problem is. <laughs> Sounds about dude, right. Dude, if, if, if I come out of this room and I'm like, I'm going to turn Justin Long into a walrus, Monica's going to kick me in the nuts and tell me to fuck off. You're crazy. You're a crazy bitch. Get back in your room. Come up with a better idea than that. You know? That's why you need friends. People give them way too much credit for clerks, I think. Clerks? I I like clerks. You suck 37 dicks on the way to the car? (laughs) That's a good show, man. (laughs) Uh, Clerks. Clerks, too. A lot of people hate it. I thought it was all right. Chasing Amy, pretty good. Chasing Amy, not bad. Red State. Red State. Bad motherfucker right there. Um, Dogma. I enjoy Dogma. Dogma. I like Dogma. Uh, that one with Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan where they're cops. Uh, mm. um, I mean, he does have the comic book cred, so for He-Man... Dude, how about you just fucking reel it in? You're going you're, you're going a little off the deep end. That's why you need friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like It's like if I, uh, out of nowhere, decided I was going to wear cowboy boots. Buddy would slap me in the face and call me, probably throw some gay slurs at me. And then I would go and say, oh, yeah, these do look ridiculous. I'm going to take the cowboy boots off. In case she's not here when that happens, can I go ahead and just crack you now? By all means. All right, if I if I come out of here wearing uh, an out-of-place pink eye patch, then slap me and tell me that I, I need to reel it in a little bit. That's what you need friends for. Speaking of friends uh, and um, purchases you don't need to make, how would you like to buy a replica of Nicolas Cage's axe from Mandy? The axe was pretty cool in the movie. Criminally underused. (laughs) I I would almost prefer the fat Nicolas Cage replica doll because he looked... He looked like he just came off of a of a four month bender filming that movie. Okay, what are you going to do with the doll exactly? Never mind, I already know. Don't don't. don't yeah, worry we, are, about we already we already, already, right, already yeah, came we, out of the closet yeah, yeah, uh, five cov- minutes ago. Yeah, we covered it. It's fine. But the the axe was the axe wasn't bad. What, what did you think of Mandy? Um, ninety percent style, ten percent substance. That's about, that's about which what I is fun. I mean, you got to be in the mood for a Peños Cosmatos movie. And Which I wasn't when I watched it. I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I turned that one on. Dude, you gotta be you gotta be into a lot of weird lighting uh, color situations, and you gotta be a lot. 
you got to be in the mood for a lot of staring at the camera and whispering dialogue for no reason. I. It'll drive you crazy. If you're looking for a real movie, that will drive you crazy. Try watching Beyond the Black Rainbow. That will make you uh, fist your own asshole. Just to just to stay awake to watch the make it through the fucking movie, Matt. I'm not kidding. I have lubricant. <laughs> well, immediately after uh, Mandy, I turned on. That's when I w- turned on Baskin. So okay. I immediately go from uh, one mind fuck down to the uh, creepy midget guy. Yeah, good times. Yeah. How much would you pay for a uh, replica Mandy axe? I assume it's functional. All right, if it's functional, three ninety nine, three hundred ninety nine dollars. Up, up. You're you're in the right neighborhood. Four ninety nine. How about four fifty? Four fifty. Four fifty is what it's going for. Not paying it. You're not doing it. Not doing it. What are you going to do with it? That's the thing. Cause I, I, I mean, I, w- I would love to like fend off an intruder with a Mandy axe. What the fuck are you going to do with a Mandy axe? Uh, he's going to have to rip my shirt, though, is the thing. <laughs> and then swing the axe at him that's the only way you can do it i'm not i'm not paying that much for an axe even if it is functional i mean even then unless you're going to be like some kind of a mandy super fan which i'm assuming there are some out there um that that's a little pricey dude 550 the horror memorabilia these days is just uh, it's not it's getting a little out of line it's nuts and i could do with a few less funko pops i think in my life as well (laughs) don't get me started all right, amigo, that's all we got on the horror news. How about a little listener mail? Crackhouse Matt. Listener mail. Listener mail. Listener mail is what we got coming at you. Listener mail. Easy there, Tiger. I know you're excited for listener mail. Dude, we got emails, we got voicemails, we got all kinds of shenanigans. Before we get to that, though, Mr. Crackhouse Matt, I need to know who you think would win in a fight between Freddy Krueger and Norman Bates. Gotta go with Freddy on this one. Of course you do. Yeah, there's no... uh... No question on that one. How about the night breed in a pack of werewolves? You know, this is a tough one. It is. Uh, however, they're both like shape-shifting Shape-shifting, but seeing as how I believe the werewolves have, in general, more useful skills than the vast majority of the night breed, I'm going to go with the werewolves. That a boy? I like the way I like the way you think, young man. I mean, just uh, having a weird face and you know somebody that's got a giant head. You know, I mean that doesn't uh... having fingers coming out of your face isn't really going to do much yeah. for you. And if I if I made the long journey to Midian to become a night breed and all I got was fingers coming out of my face, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be pissed off pissed. at that point. I'm oh. going to be fucking pissed. I want a refund of my addition uh, fee to that. If all this, uh, I'm a monster, and all of a sudden all I have is a moon shaped head. What the fuck? <laughs> we, I want to talk to management if there is such a thing for the night breed. Speaking of management, let's go to Sydney, Australia. Here Team. Co- here comes Tim. Subject line, Terradome. Hey, guys. Terradome this week. I'm taking uh, Freddy Krueger and the werewolves. Uh, I think we're looking at a couple of blowouts here, Crackhouse Matt. Seems that way. 
All right, Tim, your votes are locked. Thank you very much for writing in. Like Tim and probably J- Jalisa, who Tim will be voting for in hmm. proxy. Hmm. Well, none of Tim's uh, fighters are in the in the runnings this week, so I think we're safe. Let's get back to Reno, Nevada. Here comes Sean. Subject line, Terra Dome. I forgot to write in the past two weeks again, but the votes pretty much went the way I would have voted anyway. Before I forget to write in again, though, I'll just send in my votes for now. For singles, I have to go with Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. Run, run away. Figured that. This is uh, this is getting ugly. I mean, what's Norman Bates really going to do? I don't think Norman would even put up as much of a fight as the teenagers Freddie usually kills. For teams, I'm going werewolves. That's it for me. Sean. Right on, Sean. Thanks for writing in, amigo. We have a couple of, uh, actually, we got a crap ton of voicemails here. Let's get right into those, shall we? All right, Matt, I'm going to have to put you on the spot. Buddy's not here, which means uh, you're going to have to introduce the man from Alabama, the one and only, your former uh, colleague over at the Random Podcasting Network, Mr. Alan. Alan Chacha! Okay, that wasn't bad, but I feel like you kind of mailed it in a little bit there at the end. Do I need? Do I need to up it for the for, <laughs> for, for the for the tater tots of the people? The that call tater in? tots the, for the spaghetti belly button of people <laughs> that, that call, call into, into the, the show. One more time, Matt. Go, Alan Chacha. See, I felt that one. That that that, that one came from the heart. That one reverberated. I like that. Let's see what Alan has to say. Added room, what's up? What's it's up, the uh, Cardinal Copia of people that call into oh. your podcast. I'll buy that. Anyway, um, talking about the inbred people and body melting just reminded me of a story. Uh, <laughs> one of my friends back in the day, he wanted me to take him to meet his girlfriend, and he was going to have sex with her, and he told me he, she had a sister. Okay. Said, okay. I'm in. I'm so off we go. Well, we end up in a trailer park mm. in the hood. Mm. Uh, Anyway, they we go to the trailer, and the girl's mom's like, oh, she's at the pool. So, okay, we go to the little pool they have there. He pulls a trailer park. And this lumpy potato-looking chick, uh, I didn't know it was a chick. I thought it was a dude at first. Oh, no. He comes up, he starts talking to her, and I'm like, oh, that must be your little brother. Oh, no. Anyway, uh, so all of a sudden they start making out, and I'm like, oh, God. I'm sitting in my car, by the way. Bad, yeah, yeah. I'm like, No. No, Vince, no. Anyway, Come on, so then Vince. he takes me to, we go back to the trailer, and I meet her sister. Uh, she looks like China and Jamie Madrox had a baby. Oh, no. It was like a combination of China and Jamie Madrox. It scared the shit out of me. Anyway, As it should. She's like, so what's up? I'm like, nothing. Um, I'm going to sit in my car and listen to Disturbed. So my buddy comes up. He's like, "Hey man, can we have sex in your car?" And I'm like, "What the no, fuck did you do no, that you for?" So my buddy and his girlfriend they go off. So I'm left with China Madrox, <laughs> and she's like, "So what do you like to do?" I was like, "Uh, hopefully meth, nothing, nothing around you. I, I don't like anything." Anyway, it was really awkward and weird, and it just reminded me of the Hills Have Eyes family. You were talking about the chick with the brows and the forearms, and I was like, 
Oh, God. They've been to that trailer park. <laughs> anyway, I'll call back with my Terradome stuff later. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Beautiful. Thanks for calling in, Alan. That's uh, bad, man. That That's why I gave up on being the wingman. Yeah, Alan, worst wingman ever, by the way. No, no dude. If you're, if you're the wingman and all of a sudden China Madrox rolls out, dude, come on. I mean, I'm your friend. I'll I'll roll with you. But what kind of fucking friend are you putting me in the position to I have to wrestle this young lady? You letting you letting your friend have sex in the back of your car? No, no. You seen my car? It's a Jeep. You could pick it up and put it in your pocket. <laughs> Nobody's having sex back there, including me. You're out of line, Matt. I do my best. You're out of line. Uh, let's get over to somebody else. Here comes. Oh, uh, Alan called back. Round two. Round two. Or China Madrox action. <laughs> the sequel. The, the revenge. Padded room, what's up? What up, man? Uh, so I get back to you with my Terradome pick. Oh, okay. What do you got? I don't really care about the uh, singles, but logically I'm going to go with Freddy. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like Freddy. And then Pings, uh, you know, to me that's a tough one, but I think, I wanted to pick the Wolf Pack because they're just they're all of them are built for killing. Not all the breeds built for killing. That's exactly right. It, exactly like my reasoning, breed, Alan. Good choice. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Wolf Pack. Anyway, hope all's well. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Beautiful. Thanks for calling in again, Alan. Votes are locked in. You're ready to go. Uh, let's get over to. I believe this to be. Um, from Salt Lake City, it's the paranormal ambassador of the Padded Room Network. Here comes Troy. Hey, Troy. Bet he's got some stories to tell. Hey, what's going on out there, guys? What's up, Troy? Uh, having some fun and getting out of that heat. Anyways, Troy. Anyway, um, I want to talk about the, the um, terror dome here for a minute, the yeah, grievance. And what you all gathered up and said werewolves would win okay. over Nightbreed. Of course, I picked them, you know. But within logic, that the Nightbreed has the Berserkers, gods, dimensions. Uh, they can resurrect. They can manifest into fog and things like that, and do all these special abilities. Even the moon man can probably manipulate the moon over lycanthropes. So oh, come on. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Nightbreed. Okay. Um, Freddy Krueger without a hands down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no some uh, movie, I'll just kind of random that. I have quite a bit here, but uh, sure. uh, the scary stories to tell in the dark. Did you think of that? Pretty fun movie. I think that'd be, uh, I'd say probably maybe somebody from the age of 10, you know, you can introduce them into scary movies and stories and stuff like that. It was a pretty fun movie. Cool. Um, anything, another grievance about the 70s. Grievance. You said something last week about how awful of that of a decade that was. Well, I it wasn't that awful of a decade. Early to mid. All your classic cars come from there. Okay. You got your Nova, Mustang, Camaro. Oh, Chevy Nova. <laughs> everything that's classic comes from there. They're all made out of engines, not computers now. Oh, okay. um, you got great music, rock and roll, constant oh. classic rock. Okay. You got Elvis. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers. What more oh, can you ask for in the seventies? Steelers. Of course, I they were bell bottoms, had helmet, helmet hair, but they were. That was a great decade. Of course, <laughs> I was a kid in that decade. 
I'm older than you guys. It's true. But, uh, come on. I mean, 70s, 80s, those were pretty good decades, even though we were under the fire of the, uh, what do you call it, the Cold War. We were getting no. nuked at any time. No. But yeah, come Side on. We made porno. Do Don't forget research. about the side on, guys. porno. Really? Anyway, you guys have some fun. I'll talk to you later. Beautiful. Thanks for All calling right. in, Troy. So, okay, so I will amend my previous statement and say that seventies was the worst decade for. Well, I'm, first I'm going to say the not the whole seventies. Some of the best horror films I've ever seen have come out of the seventies. Halloween seventy eight, seventy eight, Dawn of the Dead seventy eight. I mean, a lot of the Giallos come out in the seventies. If you're in the mood for that shit, um, but I think like. I would say 70 to probably right up to 78 was pretty much crap. And wait till we get into our feature film tonight, sir. It's from 1975. It'll bore the pants right off you. I will say this. I also did see um, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, yeah? I, yeah, I took my 12-year-old son to see it. What do you think? Um, you know, for, for him at 12, um, he's not, he doesn't have quite the horror cred that, uh, that your son does. Um, but he, uh, but he, you know, he enjoyed it a lot. It was, it was actually a little scary for him. And, um, you know, I enjoyed it. A lot of people, I, I read some, at first I read some good reviews and then some not so good reviews about it. I didn't read the books as a kid, to be honest with you. Um, so I wasn't too familiar with them, but, um, it, Guillermo del Toro, uh, obviously was a part of that. So you kind of get his Fair. monster style, yeah. fairy tale-esque, fairy you know, kind of, um, and some of those were pretty good. Uh, we enjoyed it, set it up for a sequel. So I'm sure one of those will be happening. Uh, I mean, as a, you know, adult horror fan, are you going to run out and see it? No, but it, it, especially if you've got, you know, uh, young kids, uh, you know, I'd say he's probably about right. 10 and up be about the right age for that. Uh, well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Right on. Uh, did it hit with any nostalgia for you? Well, you never read the books. Yeah, I never read the books, so I didn't get so hit with any mind. nostalgia. But you can kind of see. I mean, it follows a lot of the same tropes. You know, you've got the kind of the the ne'er do well kids. You know, they go around. You've got some of the you know the 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 jock kids get their comeuppance in one spot. Um, and but overall, no, I thought it was good. The atmosphere was pretty good, and and it wasn't overly long either i think it just can it's like a buck 40 or so, an hour 40 something like that so it wasn't it wasn't long and drawn out righteous uh troy called back he's got more on his mind crack house matt more about the chevy nova i hope uh that's probably the best thing coming out of the 70s <laughs> hey, other than troy troy again i've got to uh mention a couple movies other movies oh, okay seen. Uh, uh one called gwen um i don't know if it was really horror movie, but it was more of a, I think people, uh, kind of the outcropping of, of, uh, the witches or something, you know, your cursed, uh, family, it, it has a, the, you know, atmospheric of a period of time and, mm -hmm. of, uh, colonists, after colonists of, uh, America, um, struggling. No, actually, I take that back. It was in, uh, in Welsh and it was a Welsh background. Oh. Um, Actually, it wasn't too bad, but, you know, not really scary, not really horror. It was like, you know, people kind of, uh, you know, High drama. seeing things into, like, you know, having a seizure, you well, know, that it was witchcraft or something in that effect. All um, The other one was 47 meters down uh, on Cage. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. That's what I yeah, heard. Yeah, you know, shark movie. Had some pretty good jump scenes in it. Uh, not too bad. I'm going to go see Ready or Not. That looks, yeah, that looks and, good. Uh, that looks pretty good. Smart weaving a, again. You know, uh, a review later. See what you think. But uh, it's got good reviews so far. 
Anyway, I forgot the big coup de grace of the 70s, Kiss. I mean, come on. I mean, you had everything pioneer from rock and roll from Kiss. I mean, what more? I mean, oh, there was nothing in the 70s. Just keep that. I'll never forgive you guys for saying that. Nothing. Nothing. Come (laughs) on. I'm giving you shit. But anyway, you guys. It's all good, Troy. Troy is a card-carrying member of the Kiss Army. Kiss, Kiss Army. Not my gig, but I can respect it. I mean, I can see they were, you know, back in the 70s, moms having heart attacks. Oh, yeah. They're kind of the rebel group. Uh, they were having heart attacks, and they were quietly snapping one off to Gene Simmons' tongue. tongue. That's what I call a lady pleaser, Crackhouse Matt. Let's get down to beautiful Southern California with Miss Monica's pot boyfriend. Here comes Mr. Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Hey yo! Hey yo! Hey yo! How's my favorite degenerates this fine day? Good, sir. How are you? I'm doing doing fantastic. Thanks for asking, Tom Hardy. Hey, real quick, wanted to get into something. Uh, Last week, Mm, uh, you know, I gotta say, not since uh, you played Scatman for the song, (laughs) was I so surprised as hearing. Olivia Newton-John's physical <laughs> on a padded room. You're a man of strange and varying taste, Mr. Brock. I do not, anyway, I do not handle the musical accompaniment, here. sir. Uh, real Monica's quick, um, you know, I, I just can't find a, uh, I can't find a cause for uh, going with Norman Bates. You know, so I'm going to have to go with Freddy Krueger, and uh, I got to say, I think it's going to be a blowout the other way as well. Yep. The night breed, as we always say, uh, they're cool critters and all, but really, what are they? What can they do? Uh, anyway, oh, one other thing. Hmm. You guys were mentioning the uh, last week, the uh, Impossible Burger, or whatever the fuck that thing is called. And um, I'll be there. And, uh, you know, I actually tried one of those. There's a place down here called The Counter. I don't know if they got them everywhere. Ooh. Pretty decent burgers, but I was like, ah, fuck okay. it. It's not bad. Taste is pretty decent. The funny thing about it, though, is uh, nutritionally, they're they're not that great. Like, they're low on protein. <laughs> oh, no, I'd say stay away from that shit. They suck. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, quick recommendation. Uh, the What Are You Looking At Department. Yeah, man. I don't know if you've seen this flick on uh, Netflix. Uh, Ghost Team, I believe it is. Ghost it's Team. It's supposed to be uh, like a horror comedy kind of a deal about, you know, these guys ghost hunting and whatnot. And I'll be honest with you, it's kind of light on the horror and it's kind of light on the comedy, but it's actually not not a bad flick. It's kind of got that feeling like these guys really had uh, had fun doing it or something. I, I don't know. I, I say it's all right and it's kind of a shorter flick too, so if you have a chance, maybe give it a shot. Anyway, hope all is well. Love you like family. Bye now. Love you too, sir. Thank you for calling in, Tom Hardy. You are a gentleman and a scholar. I tell you what, my friend, you just uh, named this week's Immersion Therapy, since Ghost Buddy's team. not here. Ghost Team. I will do the math and come up with the statistics on that in a minute. Uh, in the meantime, let's take a quick look at the old junk folder, make sure nobody got left out. Hey, we got a last-minute entry here, Crack House Matt. All right, From Houston, Texas, it's Lance. Hey, Lance. Co-host of the Horror Returns podcast, subject line, Terror Dome. Uh, Freddy over Norman, werewolves over Nightbreed. Yeah, complete blowout. Yeah, dude. I think this one was over before it even started. 
And that, my friends, is all we have on the listener mail. Do you have anything for Tom Hardy, Troy, Lance, Alan, Sean, or Tim? Hey, just uh, love all you guys. Obviously, it's it's been a while since I even wrote in myself. Uh, obviously, a lot going on uh, in my own personal life, but happy to be here in the padded room. Um, I listen to all of your shows, actually, so I'm not as uh, caught up on all of them as I'd like to be, but you guys are all putting out great content, the ones that have your own shows, and uh yeah, good to hear from y'all, and uh, I'll be a regular contributor again here very shortly. Beautiful. I'll tell you what, my friend. We have to go live on the Psycho Bunny Death Cult television network. Are you ready for that? Psycho Bunny, let's do it. Let's do it. Where is the patient? Coming right down, Dr. Collins. You enter a major metropolitan hospital for routine surgery. What's the matter? I don't know. Something goes wrong. She never woke up. No. What if it wasn't an accident? Now, the number one best-selling mystery becomes the most thrilling suspense film of the year. Javier Bougeot is Dr. Susan Wheeler. Been about a dozen of these coma cases here in the last year. They're always different. Hard to imagine it's murder. Are you sure? Susan. What do you think? There's a conspiracy at the Boston Memorial Hospital? I'm fine. I don't need to shrink. But I think it's important to have on the record. She's under stress. A little paranoid. But she thinks there's a conspiracy. Does she think uh, you're involved? Michael Douglas is Dr. Mark Bellows. No. No, I don't think so. First rule of crime. Keep it simple. Somebody is putting people into comas. They're murdering them. It's a 4367. The bidding now stands at 425. A 31-year-old male. At Boston Memorial Hospital, only one doctor can save your life. But first, she's got to save her own. Somebody's seen too much. What's the matter? I don't know what the matter is. Somebody's gone too far. Somebody's getting away with murder. That's right, inmates. We're talking about Coma. It's from 1978. This one was actually written and directed by Michael Crichton. You recognize that name? Of course, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, 13th 13. Warrior, some of your, your favorite movies. This one, uh, not so good. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Okay, Aaron, I'm not looking at you. Sorry. <laughs> we are now live on the Psycho Bunny Death Cult and uh, YouTube. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, anybody that's still listening anyway um this one somehow got 6.9 stars on imdb now before you freak out i have a theory about how the hell this happened okay this is from 1975 and in 19 early to mid 70s we had a very 
peculiar pandemic with uh, cinema in the United States. It was basically, you make a movie, any movie, action, comedy, horror, whatever, but none of those were actually action, comedy, or horror. They were all romance movies. So whatever movie you thought you were going to make, it had to have an underlying and slap you in the face kind of a context of, here's two people falling in love. Boring as shit if you're a horror fan. Now, the good news, though, is that this actually went away circa 1978 when we started getting some of the horror tropes. Halloween, for instance. Halloween, Dawn of the Dead, um, uh, Messiah of Evil, one of my favorites, uh, various other horror films. That's when we started breaking out of this fucking conundrum that we were in, or whatever you want to call it. So let's talk about Coma. Uh, this one stars Genevia Vabruglio. <laughs> That's a correct. That's a correct pronunciation, by the way. I googled it. It's Genevia Vagogulio, Michael Douglas, and Elizabeth Ashley. Now we actually have some some pretty staunch celebrity cameos in this movie. We'll get to that in a second. This is a high point of the movie. Michael Douglas, nineteen seventy five. Explain to me, Michael Douglas in nineteen seventy. Explain to me, Michael Douglas. Period. Solid actor. I'll give you that. Is he hot? I don't think so. I mean, I'm not a gay guy, but I mean, if you're looking for a dude that can rock like a long kind of a hair, uh, what is that? It's not a mullet, but it's like a, apparently uh throat cancer from cunnilingus is what his, uh, was his claim to fame. Okay. Well, I'll give you that. So he's a lady pleaser. He's a lady pleaser. You need a microphone, dude. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you just broke that. Oh boy. Turn it around. I'm just going to rock it. Oh, Thank you very much. oh boy. This is what happens when my, uh, my, my regular people don't show up. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're all good. Let's turn that on. All right, here we go. All right, now we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Woo! We are off to a flaming, flaming start. Flaming good start. So... Our movie starts off with two doctors working at a hospital. We're somewhere in New England, Boston, actually. Um, we have that 70s Boston vibe. And by that, I mean uh, everybody's smoking cigarettes at a feverish rate. Fucking, if you could put cigarettes like in an ammo belt and just kind of, that's the way they would be smoking. It's ridiculous. Um Everything is very dingy. We have some very strange accents in this movie. Wildly out of place, too. You you think Boston, and you think, ah, Boston, I'm yeah. in Boston. I'm going to get out of the car and go to the harbor. And everyone from Boston just tuned out. I know. Well, we don't, I don't, I don't think we have anybody in Boston, so we're fine. Is anybody out there from Boston? If so, I apologize for the gross criminalization of your accent, but that's kind of what you sound like, so I'm sorry. Um... We start off in a hospital in Boston. We have two, um, we'll call them doctors. We have Sue, um, Sarah, who is played by Genevieve Vabaglulia, and we have Michael Douglas playing a guy named Mark. Now, these two are actually a couple, okay? And it uh, turns out uh, Sarah is a bit of a see you next Tuesday, if you understand what I'm telling you. And uh, they... they I don't, I don't understand the medical profession. If Monica was here, she could enlighten us. Right. Um, apparently, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of on-call hours and a lot of um, staying late and working late. A little and, uh, easy way to cheat on your wife. 
is what I'm. Uh, I think that's uh, that's that. Well, I don't. I mean, you think it's an easy way to cheat on your wife? Like you could get uh, a convenient one, way to cheat on your wife. Convenient. Oh, babe, I'm working late tonight. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna write that down real quick. <laughs> Easy Doc way. Daring in the house. Uh, I have a PhD in uh, absolutely nothing, but I'm <laughs> willing to see you for whatever your medical malficience may be. Anyway, um, so these two are a couple, and they don't get along very well. And we know this because after a long shift, they go back to Michael Douglas's apartment, Mark's apartment, and uh, they get into a big argument about who's going to take a shower first. And who's going to make dinner and all this kind of horse shit. She basically has him by the nuts. I'll come out and say it. She's got him by the nuts. Uh, she's like, I'm going to get in the shower first. And we get to see Genevieve Bluglia naked for a second. How was the rack? Nah. Mm, I mean, we see her like, uh, we get the full frontal picture. And then yeah. she gets into a shower. And then you're like... This is uh, what 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 is going on in 1975? Okay, I don't. I've I've brought this up on the podcast before, but for some reason in the early 70s we decided that really homely looking chicks were hot, and I do not understand this because this young lady does not change her clothes throughout the entire movie. Uh, she's built, um, <laughs> not very well. Um, she's not attractive. She's not an attractive lady. Okay. So I don't understand that. And I don't understand why we have unattractive ladies in movies in the seventies. And I'm not saying that unattractive ladies can't act, but this one cannot. Genevia Bagluglia is, she's not. Especially with Michael Douglas going on in the, in the second hands, who's, you know, we all know is the lady's heartthrob going on and, uh some of these future films i mean i don't understand that at all i mean this is 75 michael douglas he can pick his own um he can pick anybody he wants really at this point in his yeah life. and you know he's gonna nail his co-host is that that's the, or his uh co-star so why would you not go with somebody more attractive i don't understand that but regardless uh she gives him a bunch of shit and hey shelly's in the house what's up shelly hey shelly we're talking about coma uh if you're not in a coma already then go ahead and tune out <laughs> so they get into a big fight and that's all well and good now the next day they kind of come back together and they're like oh i'm sorry you're sorry we're sorry we both were we're both under a lot of stress and you know we're doctors and we work late hours and stuff and we're on call <laughs> this is a bunch of nonsensical story that has nothing to do with anything except that we need to show these two falling in love Okay, because it's 1975, and every goddamn movie has to have two people falling in love for no fucking reason. Not that I'm angry about this at all, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. You're out of ten. I'm going to need you down to like, all right, I'm gonna like a two. I'm going to dial, dial it down. This is why I don't pick movies from 1975. Regardless, movie. regardless. Uh, so they make up the next day, and all is well. Now, at this point, Sue, uh, Mark is trying to get. Sarah, I keep calling her Sue. Mark is trying to get Sarah back to his apartment. He's like, "Hey, why don't you come home? We'll, I'll give you a massage. We're gonna, I'm Michael Douglas for Christ's sakes. What are you? I'm gonna, aren't I hot?" And she's like, oh, "I have to go to my class. I'm gonna go to a class." And she's, he's like, "We're we're more important than your class." Find out this is a jazzercise class, of course, because it's 1975, and we get the full jazzercise crescendo of. Hip thrusting um, and 
those weird monotard things oh, yeah. that chicks wore uh, that make your boobs look like mosquito bites, despite the fact that you may actually have boobs. I don't know. I don't know what the point of that is. Let's make you look as unattractive as possible. So she, we get a little montage of her working out in her class. After the class, we're going to cut to the uh, locker room where she has a friend, uh, a young Miss uh, Pamela Greenlee, that is about to go into her hospital for a procedure. And by procedure, I mean abortion. <laughs> Little uh, coat hanger action. Hey No, she's doing it right. She's going all to a right. hospital and stuff. So um, that's all well and good. Now she gets to the. Now we're gonna we're gonna. There's a little dialogue here about um, Sarah is possibly thinking about leaving Mark, and nobody really gives a shit because it's not pertinent to the story. So from there we're gonna cut to uh, Pamela's abortion, and we get a very long and drawn out sequence of her actually getting said abortion. Um, it involves anesthesiologists. It involves uh, surgical. Uh, the guys that uh, they do the full forearm scrub. That's very important. I don't know what that. Uh, I mean, how deep are you getting into a uh, an abortion to where you have to scrub up to your elbow? Yeah, if and you're if, trying to kill something, how sanitary do you need to be? I mean, dude, do you not have a tool that can get that far inside that you need to get like a full? Like a, you got to get in there with your whole forearm. Just grab. And, and if you're at that point, if you've reached that point to where you got a fucking fister, really, I think we're past the point of sanitation at this point, right? I would tend to agree. This movie was before my time. I was born in the 80s. Mine also, by the way, Aaron. So I was also born in the 80s. Uh, however, 1975 Michael Douglas was a far more attractive than I am now. So Coated or straight up wire hanger? Um, I don't know which way they went with that, Scarlet. I'm going to say probably, I mean, I don't know. They have a, a lot of uh, like chrome-plated things, and they get up. All I, all I can imagine one of those little handheld claw things where they go in and just <laughs> one, of, the one of those things you win at the carnival. Yeah, exactly. It's got like a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rawr, 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 rawr. Just, just throw a little lube on the end of it and be uh, like, hey, yuck. fetus, come here. You know, <laughs> we're going to throw a condom on this thing. We'll get right in there, take care of that for you. No problemo. Ten minutes in and out. It's done. disgusting. It's disgusting. Uh, so we get like a 15 minute sequence here of this young lady, and she gets fully anesthetized. Uh, general anesthetic which puts her completely under now a little bit of intrigue here while she's under um and they do a very good job of explaining the process of anesthetizing a young lady for this uh thing um so they put her under they use uh sodium pentothal pentothal that uh, it's also the truth-telling serum. That'll put you under, but if it won't put you under far enough to where uh, a deep pain won't wake you up. So on top of that, they have to put uh, something else on you that they inject into your veins that paralyzes your muscles. So in the event that you do wake up, you don't have a complete spaz attack and go running out of the operating room. So they hit her with that also. She goes completely out. Everything's going smooth. And then she gets hit with something called PVCs. Not PVC piping, which I know is exactly what you're thinking of, but it's some kind of a erratic um, cardio type of a thing to where she's like having like chest spasms. And to make a very long, uh, 
we're going to cut to the chase here. She goes into a coma. Uh, Hence the name of the movie. Coma is what it's called. So, um, make a long story short, abortion, successful. They killed the fetus. But, bad news, she's now in a full-on coma. All right, that fucking sucks. So, remind, just a quick reminder, this is the best friend of Sarah, who is Michael Douglas's uh, girlfriend. And that really sucks. So Sarah comes into work the next night and she's like, hey, how did the uh, abortion go with my friend Pam? And they're like, uh, so you know how normally um, you have an abortion and then you wake up after that? She's not really waking up. Every time I've had an abortion, I've woken up. He normally wakes up and I've seen him have a couple of abortions. He has. And uh, she's not waking up, this uh, Pam. Sorry about your friend, by the way. She's in a full-on vegetative state. Is that a couth conversation to normally have? Hey, how was the abort- How did the abortion go? I don't know what couth means. Uh, it sounds like a French dessert. But I do know what uncouth means. <laughs> it means and the opposite. You are uncouth, sir. He's not wrong. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Dan says premature ventricular contractions. Dan must be in the medical profession. Yeah, Dan she- knows what's up. Premature ventricular contractions. And Shelly says, they checked the cervix that way. I saw a nurse go up to her elbow. My sister was having her baby. I threw up a little. I think oh, I'm my God. I'm going to throw right up right fucking now, Shelly. Jesus Christ. To the elbow? Really? I've seen I've seen uh, cert- xvideos.com. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, there are things that you can watch. God damn it, he made the abortion joke before I could. See, <laughs> you see that, Scarlet? I'm on top of it. That's boom, why, that's boom, why, that's boom. That's why we're boom, doing the podcast. Boom, 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 Scarlet, coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, we are talking about um, an abortion that turned into a coma, and that fucking sucks. So the next day, Sarah comes in, and she's like, hey, how's my friend doing? Well, she's in a coma. So Sarah gets very curious and starts looking at charts and records and all kinds of fun shit with what happened with her um we come to a couple of weird um misnomers in her records first and foremost uh she was given a tissue exam so sarah's like why was she given a tissue exam it's a routine abortion what are you doing so she goes and talks to the records guy and she's like yeah i was given a tissue exam i don't know anything about that so then she goes and talks to the anesthetician that administered the anesthesia and he's like, played, by the way, by a probably uh, 35-year-old Rip Torn. Rip Torn. So, rest in peace, Rip Torn. Just passed away. Celebrity cameo number one. We've got a few lined up in this movie. They throw confetti like, he, like, he's norm, like he's out to do. Like he's apt to do? Yeah. You don't know Rip Torn? No. He just throws confetti. He would throw confetti? No I don't Some know. Amazon women on the moon? Dude, you're thinking of uh, Rip Taylor. You're exactly right. Yeah. Pardon me all to hell. Rip Torn, you'll know from um, um, Men in Black. He played Will Smith's boss. Uh, Anytime you needed like an authoritarian figure in your movie. That would just mean mug you half the time. Go grab Rip Torn. You need an angry old white guy. Rip Torn is your guy. That's. But in this movie, he's like 35 and he actually looks pretty good. Um, so that's celebrity cameo number one. We have a few more coming up, by the way. Uh, so she's like, dude, uh, why is she getting tissue sampled? And, uh, all she's doing is an abortion. That doesn't make any sense. So Rip Torn hands her a horseshit excuse about, 
oh, it's a weird thing the computer does periodically. It just checks random patients for, uh, you know, tissue samples to see what's going on. It doesn't really do it. It's just to make sure the computer's working. You trust and the computers in 1975. There weren't computers yeah. in 1975. <laughs> so she's like, all right, all right, well, you say, if that's what you say, I'm going to walk myself down to the old computer lab, talk to the computer dork, and see what he says about this whole shit. Freddie got fingered. You're exactly right, Monica. Played uh, Tom Green's dad. Tom Green's dad. That's Rip right. Rip Torn coming at you. That's good Rip Torn knowledge, Monica. So she goes down to the computer lab, uh, finds the old uh, fuckwad there behind the computer, and she's like, hey, man, this thing says it got a random check on a on a thing. Is that is that really a deal? Does it happen? Does it just randomly pull patients and check, its, check their uh, tissues for no apparent reason? And the guy's like, well, no. No, that doesn't actually happen, as a matter of fact. And she's like, okay. Oh, crap. The Monica's parole officer is in the house. Hey. Hello, guys. No Monica, no buddy. The man, the main man, Matthew. That's him. You're exactly right, parole officer Jesse. Um, he is going to flash his boobs at some point. It's, I'm waiting for the end, so I need a good audience build up for this. I put a push-up bra on him myself. He's and not, He's he, not lying. He's going to, the shirt's coming up, and you'll see the boobies. You can get the hair, everything. Right after this break. <laughs> so she's like, dude, uh, why is the, the, this computer isn't checking shit? Why, why, why is my friend getting, who's now in a coma, by the way, why is she getting randomly tissue sampled for some shit that she doesn't need? I randomly tissue sample your girlfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. Your wife. <laughs> this is weird. I'm gonna get hit. All right, forget about it. Uh, so she's like, "All right, well, this doesn't make any fucking sense at all." So she goes back to her uh, Michael Douglas's apartment, and she's like, "Dude, there is some weird shit going on here. There's random tissue samples going on. There's uh, all kinds of weird stuff." I'm gonna go talk to the uh, resident uh, surgeon, whatever his fucking name is, and I'm gonna see what's going on. Is there a senior James Junior? Um, I don't know what you're asking for there, Aaron. I don't know if there is a senior or a James or a junior present, but we do have this guy. Matthew. If I'm Buddy's dad. Are you Buddy's dad? hey <laughs> Didn't sleep with his mom. <laughs> <laughs> he knows about it. He's cool with it. Don't worry about it. Regardless, she goes and talks to the resident the next day, and he's like, dude, uh, you're a doctor. How about you just be a doctor? You fix the patients and I'll worry about the administrative side. And she's like, that motherfucker just gave me the cold shoulder and I don't understand why. So, uh, she's got, uh, Mark, Michael Douglas, who's like kind of curious about this whole thing. And she's got herself who's w wondering why her friend is in a coma. So she does a little more paperwork checking, starts looking at where her friend's going to go. What's going to happen to her friend next find out she's going to be transferred to something called the Jefferson Institute, which is a off-site facility that deals exclusively with comatose patients. Not nefarious at all. None whatsoever. Now, right about now, again, because it's 1975, we have to get into all this horseshit relationship stuff. So... Michael Douglas, Mark, and uh, Genevieve Baglouglia are having all this, oh, oh, you know, I miss you, and I wanna, then we should reconnect, and we need to spend some time, and all. Oh, we get a lot of jazz flute. 
Whenever you hear jazz flutes in a movie, it's time to change the fucking channel, boys and girls, because we've gone from horror town straight to uh, running on the beach and holding hands and... um, Do we need this in a horror movie? This. This right here. Is that what you want to see in your horror film? That? No. I don't want to see it. I didn't want to do it. Really. Jazz flute. Can't resist myself. Dude. Change, do? change the channel because that's where we're going for probably the next 15 to 20 minutes. We get that length of a montage here of these two ass clowns holding hands, skipping on a boardwalk and doing a bunch of crap that we don't care about. What we're getting at here is that they are reconnecting and they are reestablishing their relationship and he is learning to respect her authority as a female. Great. Who gives a crap? Let's get back to the body harvesting, shall we? This is a horror podcast. It is! Not a romance podcast. And if you're tuning in on Psycho Bunny Death Cult, I sincerely apologize for the angry outbursts, but this was not a movie that I picked. And I'm furious at this crap that we have to put up with. And the one that is responsible for it is not here to it's saw. Suspiciously absent, wouldn't you say? Gee, I wonder why. Not unless one of them is going to cannibalize the other. If so, I'm in. I, I, I 100%. I'm in. You're talking my language now, Scarlet. Little Green Inferno mixed in, cannibalize. What do we get here? Michael Douglas making out with an ugly chick. That's what we get, buddy. Thank you for this pick. Are you picking this chick or, or uh, Glenn Close? Oh, I'll take Glenn Close any day of the week. Did, uh, you haven't seen Genevieve of Guglia. <laughs> no, she is not attractive. And I think they actually uglied her down for this movie. I hate it when they do that. It's 1975. For some reason, all chicks have to be ugly in movies. I don't understand that at all. There's plenty of chicks with body hair to go around. All right, then. Um, You mean as a spectator or stay angry, Darian? Oh, I'm angry, Scarlett. Don't you worry about that, baby doll. Anyway, let's get back to the story here. We get a good 15 to 20 minute falling in love montage because that's just what we fucking need in a horror movie. Anyway... Round about the time that that gets done, they're in Northern California somewhere, and they're driving around, and she's like, you know what? Let's go check out the Jefferson Institute and find out where all these uh, comatose people are going. So they go to the Jefferson Institute. It's a giant uh, concrete building. Uh, appears to be abandoned from the outside. She goes and knocks on the door. A very robotic nurse lets her in, and she's like, this is the Jefferson Institute. How can I help you? And she's like, um... So you got like some uh, vegetables around here or I don't know, maybe something like that. And she's like, oh, our, our tours are on Tuesdays. You should come back on a Tuesday. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, like I'm, a tour of uh, comatose people? Yeah, I'm Dr. Wheeler. I'll be back on a, on a Tuesday for my grand tour of the vegetable plants uh, you have here. So the, she takes off, and now we, we're very suspicious of the Jefferson Institute. Now we're going to cut back to her making her rounds at the hospital. She's got a little bit of a warm fuzzy going on because she actually visited said Jefferson Institute, and we find out that it, it is actually a place. Now we're going to cut to celebrity cameo number two. Who do you think it could be, circa 1975? Enlighten me, Darian. None other than Magnum P.I. himself, Tom, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Looking spry. Young. 1975, I'm going to put him at probably about 23 years old. Mustache, gleaming, 
blustering in the wind. How's the chest hair? Woo! Chest hair. Well, you only get to see him from the uh, neck up, but I'm sure it's there. It's there, I'm sure. He is. He's ready to go. He is in the hospital for a uh, MCL reattachment. Routine surgery, as it would be. And she's like, hey, that's a handsome devil. Look at him. Uh, we're going to reattach his knee. And he gives a very long-winded story about playing touch football and blowing out his kneecap. And uh, he's like, hey, doc, you get me out of here and I'm going to be right back to normal in no time. And they're like, yes, we are, because that is a routine surgery. Now, I want you to pay attention to something. Right before they send him off to surgery, they went, make sure to send him to operating suite 08, as in Operation Suite 8. It's going to come into play here in a second. So we're going to fast forward, and I'm going to blow right past a bunch of horse crap, because we got a lot of it in this movie, uh, to Tom Selleck, of course, now in a coma uh, because of his routine surgery. So um, Sarah is like, dude, that is like two people in two days. Routine surgeries, now they're in a full-on coma. What the fuck is going on here, dude? So she starts looking at his charts, finds something else suspicious. Looking at the anesthetician record, normally they have a detailed record of how much dosage of sodium pentothal. Pentothal. I've had a couple shots. I'm surprised you can say anesthetician, to be honest. Woo! I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she's like, dude, there's no record of his... uh, anesthesiologist here so what the fuck is going on here and then she goes back down to check on him he's in a full-on coma breathing tube all that crap and she overhears a couple doctors saying well we're gonna send this guy to the jefferson institute for the comatose uh veggies there so sorry about that question is someone eventually going to die horribly I haven't not, watched this movie, and I'm so seriously doubting it at this point. No, no, sorry, Scarlet. Uh, not exactly. Um, I got a kill count of two <laughs> on this movie, and uh, they're both pretty stupid. So I, I have seen romantic comedies with a higher death count. I'm just I have two, which uh, brings me to the question of why we're even discussing this movie. Thanks, buddy. Go fuck yourself, buddy, if you're watching. Regardless, uh, so they're like, okay, we're going to send him to the Jefferson Institute. So now Sarah's like, what the hell's going on here? They're cleaning up Tom Selleck's room, and Sarah's going through his notes, and they're like, uh, a janitor type of a dude comes up, and he's like, hey, I know what's really going on here. There's some really wacky shit going on in uh, operating room eight. There's a whole pipeline that comes up from the basement, and it's very crazy. Okay, so Sarah's like, whoa, dude. There is some weird, wacky shit going on here at the hospital. I don't care for this at all. So she goes back and tells Mark, Michael Douglas, and Mark's like, Mark is in line for some kind of a high-paying job. He's like the going to be the uh, chief resident, uh, whatever the fuck uh, happens at hospitals. So it's a very political, bureaucratic type of a thing. So he's like, hey, how about you just mind your own business and stick to uh, your patients and not worry about the weird anesthetic situation? So we get a very ridiculous nightmare sequence of Mark uh, calling one of the head doctors and something happening and who gives a shit. Um, From there, we're going to cut to Sarah. Now, actually, we're going to cut to Kelly, who was the janitor that turned Sarah onto this whole scheme of whatever the fuck is going on. So um, 
Sarah's like, well, he said something about the uh, the the uh, basement and something going on like that. Cut to Kelly, the janitor. Uh, he's hanging around and he's like, oh, there's the pipeline that uh, goes up. Some dude, and this 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 part is particularly silly. Some dude in a windbreaker shows up and uh, throws water on the floor while Kelly's mopping up, and then Kelly's like, "Hey, there's a bunch of water on the floor here. I better clean this up." And then he throws a circuit breaker. Breaker. The 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 windbreaker guy throws Kelly into the circuit breaker with the water on the floor, which of course immediately flash fries Kelly. And he's now out of the equation. Sarah shows up as they're wheeling Kelly's dead body out of the hospital. And she's like, he just told me about a bunch of shit. And now he's dead. There is a full-on conspiracy happening here. So Sarah then gets curious and goes down to the basement. And because she's a doctor, knows nothing about uh, architecture or piping or plumbing or anything at all for that matter. Other than saving lives, which I can respect. She's like... That is a pipe of weird uh, gas that goes up, and then she starts following the pipe, and then we get like a 25 to 30 minute sequence of cat and mouse horse shit of our friend in the windbreaker chasing Sarah around the basement. Make a long story short, she climbs all the way up, finds a weird uh, control panel uh, where they're dropping uh, methane gas into the basement, or into operating room eight and she's like oh i got you now you fucker but then this uh individual in the windbreaker chases her he's got a gun on him he's some kind of an enforcer of some type uh she chase he chases her around she goes to a different building finds a guy that is like willing to hang out with her for a second but then the the windbreaker guy shows up and scares him off um Make a long story short. Too uh, late. Too late. Uh, she hides in a closet with a fire extinguisher. Windbreaker guy shows up. He's like, hey, got you now, bitch. And then she blasts him with the fire extinguisher. He rolls down the stairs. And that is all we're going to talk about that because that is as much as we're going to see of our friend in the Windbreaker for the duration of the movie. What we're going to get instead is a bunch of bullshit falling in love between Michael Douglas and this ugly young lady. Suck on that, buddy! Uh, Woo! You know, I waited two years. To this come is back what you get. This. this is what you get. And and I and I get coma. This is what you get, Crackhouse Matt. Coma. Thank you. Woo! <laughs> I think I'm going into one right now. Would actually. you like would, would you like to go sit in the closet? I think I might. Okay. You're, I'm gonna take a few more yeah. shots. I'm just gonna go to sleep. It's gonna be much more entertaining than what I'm about to tell you about. So that's that's what happens, and then she just oh oh hey I'm back at Michael Douglas's place. Uh, it's Mark, uh, by the way. Oh okay, I should tell. So she goes and talks to the uh, general or um, resident practitioner the next day, who apparently, as far as hospitals go, is like the big the big dog. He's the one that runs the whole scene. How many shots, Darian? Uh, I think I'm up to five or something. Yeah, we lost count a little while ago. I wouldn't normally be this angry about a movie. But I don't know that we can call this a horror movie. I'm a horror apologist, you understand? I will watch anything with a horror tag on it, and I will find something to like about it. This, I don't think is horror. I think, um, if Buddy was here, I would slap the beard right off him. I I would do that. And I apologize right now, but this is the kind of crap we get from 1975. And Troy, if you're listening or watching, whatever the case may be, 
This is bad, sir. This is very bad. So, I see you survived until tomorrow. How is it? Well, we're making it. We're making it, dude. Um, so now we're going to cut back to Michael Douglas's apartment where she wakes up and she's like, Oh God, it's so scary. There's a guy in the, she goes and talks to the, uh, head practitioner the next morning. And she's like, dude, there is a weird pipeline coming up from the basement, goes into operating room eight and, uh, shit gets pretty weird from there. So turn out this is actually Tuesday morning that she's having this conversation. So she's like, Hey, uh, it's, um, time for the big, uh, the big tour of the Jefferson Institute. I'm going to go check that shit out. So she goes to the Jefferson Institute, which is a home exclusively for comatose patients and their families to come see them. Now we're going to get to probably the coolest part, if there is a coolest part, of this movie, which is the Jefferson Institute. we got a bunch of doctors coming in there. They're going to go through the tour. They actually have these people in comas suspended in a weird kind of... Um, Almost uh, like the cell. Remember the yeah, cell? Yeah, yeah. Where they had like the weird hooks in them. They, I mean, they didn't actually fishing line these people. They had like weird suspension situations, but they could stack like 58 of them in one room because, you know, you layer them and stuff like that. So, and they're all naked too. There was some hot there, chicks there in was, there. There was something to be said about that. There but. was some hot chicks in there. So they're like, hey, what's, uh, you know, she gives them the grand tour and telling them about everything and it's all well and good. Do you like to tour coma patients? Is that, um, is that a thing? What was that? Kill Bill, I think, where uh, Beatrix was in a coma uh, yeah. and her uh, her nurse was like pimping her out. <laughs> My name is Buck, Buck and I like to fuck. That's uh. disgusting. <laughs> but, I mean, it would make sense because they're all in these sex sex swecks. They're all in these sex, a lot of shots. They're all in these sex swing apparatuses. Yeah. So, it, you know, if you want to... Make this into a brothel type of a situation and rock and roll. Suspense and thriller if says makes Jim. you vomit, I don't get a prize. I haven't vomited yet, Scarlet, but I might be on my way. <laughs> so do it on my lap. That turns me on. It's boring. You're disgusting. Um, she walks around after the tour concludes. She decides she's going to infiltrate and do a little side checking on what's actually going on there. So she gets in there. She starts snooping around. When you know it, she comes across the body of Tom Selleck. Uh, he's being operated on. His kidneys are being removed. He's completely dead, so you don't have to worry about that. After a routine MCL. Uh... Yeah. Uh, she's like, that's a dead guy, and he's very handsome, and he might be a private detective from Hawaii. What's he? Why is he dead? It was just an MCL thing. And then she overhears a bunch of uh, nurses and orderlies talking about, oh, we're going to get 75000 for his heart and 25000 for his kidneys. He's got a healthy set of lungs on him. It's going to be great. And she's like, this is horseshit, dude. Uh, you can't be selling people's kidneys off like this. So, she, again, she hauls ass back to the um, chief practitioner, and she's like, dude, Jefferson Institute, full of shit. They're selling organs on the black market. We can't be fucking around with these guys. Uh, I'm going to call the cops. And he's like, whoa, the nurse or chief practitioner is like an old guy. He's like, whoa, thank God you spotted this, Sarah. You just saved us a bunch of money and I'm going to call the cops right now. He's like, I'm going to pour you a drink like a fucking ass clown. She decides to drink it and then things get pretty weird. Every, all of a sudden, like the room goes buzz. 
blurry and fucking she's all fucked up and what's going on. And then you see the chief practitioner. He's like, whoa, uh, Dr. Sarah, what's her name is, uh, we need to schedule her for an emergency appendectomy immediately. Take her to Oh eight operating room eight immediately. So, uh, they start prepping her for surgery. They're taking her down there. Now, naturally this is a death sentence. They're going to send her to the old coma place, harvest her organs because she knows too much and she's about to talk about it and we can't have any of that shit. So they start prepping her for surgery, move her down there. As she's on her way down there, who do you think her operating surgeon would be? None other than Mark. Mark. Michael Douglas. I didn't see this movie and I guessed that. I had a clear of course you did because this movie's horse shit. Five shots in. Woo! Uh, she's in and out because she's under, um, local anesthesia, not general anesthesia just yet, which means they haven't put the face mask on her. So Mark comes down he's like, Whoa, appendectomy, what's going on here? And then he overhears the, uh, chief practitioner who should not be performing surgery at this point because he's like in the administrative wing, take her to Oh eight immediately. And he's like, wait a minute. She said something about a weird pipeline going to 08, and we should not do that. So this is all starting to make sense. And while he's thinking about it, she reaches over and gives him a little tap on the beeper, like boop, 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 boop. So he's like, hey, my beeper's going off. So he goes and fakes a phone call and starts talking to somebody on a fake phone line. Uh, While that's going on, the practitioner's like, you know what? Go take care of that. I'm going to take care of your, uh, I'm going to take care of this appendectomy. No problemo. So they take her upstairs. He actually operates on her, removes her appendix, which I found out you don't actually need. I've had mine out. Um, and then she actually comes to completely because while all that was going on, Mark was down in the basement going through another cat and mouse sequence with our friend in the windbreaker and disabling the uh, monoxide filtration system that was leading all these patients to comas. Coma. And then at the end... Uh, she they're like oh she's coming out of she's coming out of an anesthesia and they're like whoa she might not come out because she's her eyes are blinking and she might be in a coma and the uh head practitioner's like yeah well you know give her a few minutes i'm sure she's gonna be fine and then uh, she comes out and she's like oh i'm good i'm good and then he looks outside of the operating room window and we see michael douglas standing there with two police officers as if to say you're under arrest fucko we know about your whole uh, black market uh, organ harvesting operation. And that, my friends, is the end of this movie. Oh, fuck. Might be the end of your podcasting career, too. After that. If anybody is still listening, I apologize in advance. Uh, this is boring horse shit. Um, it's bad. I mean, it's it's a good movie if you're looking for... If you're a, into a young Michael Douglas... If you're looking for like a medical drama, this is the movie for you. If you have two hours to kill at the DMV and you want to completely shut your frontal lobe off, this is a good movie for you. If you're looking for a horror film, look somewhere else. If you're looking for any kind of a compelling storyline, you're not going to find it here. If you want to see Michael Douglas in surgical scrubs and a naked... um, Genevia Van Bluglia. We have a coma apologist right here in Jim. Okay. Out of, four out of four stars for this movie. Jim, explain to me the appeal of this movie because I would I would love to hear somebody defend this. 
And Jim's substantially older than I am, so I get that. He probably grew up in the 70s. Jim, is it more than nostalgia? Because I do not understand the appeal of this movie. It's boring as shit, slow. The pacing is, oh, molasses-like is something I would compare it to. If um, I was given the opportunity to watch Grass Grow as opposed to this movie, I would probably go with the grass because that is more entertaining. I'm sorry, Jim. Explain to me what you like so much about this movie because to me it was completely boring and predictable. Aaron, what do you think, big guy? You're cool, Jane. Oh, uh, yeah, Jane. Uh, Buddy's not here. Sorry. Uh, Psycho Bunny Death Cult gave us a bunch of smiley faces. We haven't been banned yet, so that's good. Well, that's always a positive thing. We watch it once a How do you watch, you watch this it movie once a, once a year, Jim? They're far better but Michael Douglas movies to watch, I can tell you. Uh, that do you right get now. insomnia once a year and you need to. Uh, this movie puts you to sleep? I, don't, I do not understand that. I don't understand the appeal of this movie. I don't know how it got 6.3 stars on IMDb because it's boring as fuck to me. And um, if you were interested, if you wanted to watch like um, an entire season of Grey's Anatomy wrapped up into one uh, two hour chunk. Coma for you. Coma. Put me in a coma. You watch coma. I'm going to go into a a coma. Sven, what do you think? I think in Germany, the name was Marathon Man. They're having a completely separate conversation. Yeah, I don't. All right, Sven. Well, I think they've tuned us out. Marathon. Sven, if you're watching Marathon Man, you're doing much better than Coma, amigo. I'll tell you that right now. That is Coma from 1978. I do not understand the appeal of this movie or why Buddy picked it. Buddy, if you're watching, right here, right Thanks, here, buddy. buddy. By the way, didn't bother to show up tonight, so right there. Uh, We're going to take us a little break. We'll come back with uh, some other stuff, yeah? Very good. G'day, mate. Welcome to Australia. Home of baby-eating dingoes, 100 different animals ready to kill you, Mick Taylor, Mick Dundee, and 20 other guys called Mick. Oh, and the dumbest bloke on planet Earth. I'm Ben. And I'm here to learn about horror films. But fear not. I've come to help this poor special needs kid as I make him sit down and watch some of the greatest and not so greatest horror films out there in our podcast, Horror for Dummies. Hooray! So join us every week on the Pattern Room Network as we talk about horror films old and new and listen to some favourite tracks while we spray some spiders. So the question stands, where the bloody hell are you? So jump onto your kangaroo and hop on over to the Padded Room Network. Really, what's the use? I'm just like you, I was born to lose. Why, oh, why? 
Robinson and Marco Pastos, the Resurrection of Zombie 7 podcast with Ron Martin and Jessica Feeney. Dark history with Sarah Nowinski. Oh, and you cannot forget the Psych Ward with Darian and Mandy. There are so many frights for you that are just waiting a click away. Oh, uh, Igor, c- c- come closer with that cock monster. My, my anal juice is a... Uh, they're purging too much. Uh, go watch the shows. Uh, I mean, listen to them. This is a podcast. You listen. You don't watch. Plug my ass, Igor. I'm making no sense. <laughs> Laugh with me, Igor. Laugh with me. Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back. Matt? Yes, sir. If I ever lapse into a coma, um, you can go ahead and sell my organs. I'm okay with that. So long as somebody gets a cut that I, uh, like, um, no, no. Kids no. call it, not, not yeah, my give the Yeah, give the kids some, like, some college money. college money. That'd be nice. Uh, the wife, perhaps, would like some money. I don't care. I don't, really, I don't care what happens to me after I'm dead. My wife is always like, hey, do you want to be buried or cremated? I don't care. I'm fucking dead, man. What do I care? See, I'm always in the camp of what? I want to I want to be buried. Just yeah, to, just just on the off chance of a zombie apocalypse. I don't and I want can come that. back. I don't want to come back. I do. Why? I want to kill some people. Why would you do that? What are you an asshole? Kind yeah, of. I mean, yeah, you bit. are. Well, forget it. All right, you ready to get into the this week's Terror Dome? Yes, I am. Let's do it. Let's do it. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. gonna hurt you you didn't let me finish my sentence i said i'm not gonna hurt you i'm just gonna bash your brains in. i'm gonna bash them right the fuck in i'll kill you all i'll try to be crazy and i'll kill you all i'll dream come true six-year-old child with this blank pale emotion Welcome to the Terra Dome. 
we are going to start it off with last week's winners in singles competition. We had Freddy Krueger versus Norman Bates of the Psycho franchise, sir. If you're not in a shower, he's really not that scary. I mean, he made showers scary. I'll give you that. All right, enough about that. Norman woke up and woke again and again and again and again. Every time, he was right back where he started. The basement of his mother's house. Naked and horrified, his mother screaming and chasing him with a meat cleaver again and again. She stopped and again. Her sweater got redder and greener and her face became more dirty and scarred. With a vote of 17 to 0, Freddy Krueger advances over Norman Bates. That is a blowout. That is our first blowout of the season, inmates. I mean, did, you, you, I mean, there's no other way that could have gone. I don't know why I put Norman Bates in the competition. He's not... Who's he going to beat? Think he could beat Chucky? No. Oh. Maybe... Maybe like a ghost face or a... Uh, um... No. No. All right. All well, right. <laughs> well, I mean, he's canon. He's got a franchise behind him, so there's that. All right, let's take a look at the team's competition, shall we? Team's competition. We had werewolves versus the night breed. <clears throat> the pack circled as the breed spilled forth, the fires of Midian smoking them out from their subterranean dwelling. From there, confused and disoriented, they were easy pickings for the well-hunted wolves. With a vote of 15-2, to two, the werewolves advance over the night breed. You know, I thought it would be a little closer than that. I like the breed, but the werewolves, nah, man. They... Wolves are hunters, dude. They, they have a pack mentality. Mm-hmm. Night breed, pretty dope. You got some cool shit going on there, but you also have a lot of weaknesses and a lot of dead weight. Like that <laughs> the big... The moon face. F- the moon face. <laughs> The big fat guy who just lumbers around. Berserkers, badass. What do you got? Six, 12 of them, tops? Even then, I put some. I put the badass werewolves. I'll take the werewolves yeah. any day of the week. 100%. Let's take a look at this week's matchups, Crackhouse Matt. What do we got? We are in the uh, Inferno Conference Round 2 Singles Division. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I don't know how to write things. <clears throat> Another party, another gala event, another reason for the politicos to show up at the ambassador's house. Drink his booze, eat his food, and spew forth false flattery. On this night, it was the adopt, it was his adopted son's birthday. Damien Thorne was turning seven years old, and anybody and everybody who might need a favor from the ambassador was in attendance. A theft occurs in the gifting area. One of the presents is tampered with and stolen. A good guy doll. The latest craze in consumer toy fair is missing from its gift wrap box. Then the murders begin. A young girl from the catering staff is found stabbed to death in the kitchen. Then a groundskeeper is mauled to death by the demon, by Damien's dog. A security detail locks the house down until the authorities can arrive and launch a proper investigation. Then the ambassador's wife goes missing from the prop from the party, only to be found drowned in the swimming pool, clutching the missing good guy doll. Singles competition, we have Damian Thorne versus Chucky. Crackhouse Matt, how do you say? I'm going Damian on this one. Uh, you're insane. So congratulations on that. I'm taking Chucky. What does Damian do? What does he do? He could have one he, of those crazy dogs come in and just rip the parts off. He of- relies on sequences of unfortunate events. He needs like a, a lightning strike to trigger a car accident to... 
knock some plated glass into you. It's a fucking doll. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's mousetrap is what it is. The board game is what, I don't know, man. I'm saying Chucky, at least he actually gets off his ass and does things. Damien just stands around looking creepy. Does stand around looking creepy. At least he's not cracking wise every 10 seconds trying to find a doll wife. That's dumb. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I'll tell you that is dumb. And I agree with you on that. Let's take a look at the team's competition, shall we? If you thought that was dumb, (laughs) things are about to get a whole lot dumber. (laughs) Global warming is a cold, hard fact. Anyone denying it has never been to Alaska. Shifts in oceanic currents and pressure and barometric pressure cause massive thaws in the ice shelves of northern Alaska. Things that have been frozen for centuries begin to stir. Also in northern Alaska, the small town of Barrow prepares for its annual long night, 30 days long to be exact. Glacial thaws and ice melts begin to create seismic activity all throughout central and northern Alaska. Then the creatures appear. Graboids and ass blasters, originally thought to be indigenous to the deserts of northern Nevada, adapt to the cold and wreak havoc on the human population. In the darkness of Barrow, humans find something else to fear. Fast and deadly, they strike from the sea, attacking and devouring man, woman, and child alike with reckless abandon and ravenous hunger. The vampires have arrived. Team's competition, we have Tremors versus the 30 Days of Night Vampires. Matt? It's pretty dumb. This is It's a silly... Pretty dumb, but at least they're too... Uh, um, you know, I still... Something about the ferocity of the 30 Days of Night vampires. Got to go with the vampires on that one. I'm going to agree with you on this one. Um, Tremors, fine. Um, I don't know, man. I just never found them that... Big, dumb worms. They're worms, and you get the little things that fart on you, and then you get the (laughs) flying things that whip whip around with the jaws. The Uh, vampires are savages, though, man. Dude. Savages. If the dad from Family Ties... (laughs) can take care of the the tremors i i I don't understand what what else we have to discuss in the matter okay that's what i'm saying yeah all right all right on the 30 days i agree those are your terror dome uh matchups for the weekend mates in singles it is um i fucking forgot already it is uh chucky versus damian thorne in teams it is the tremors versus the 30 days of night vampires as usual inmates Get us your votes by next week if you can. The mental health hotline is area code 775-387-0275 or get us on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. While you're contemplating those mind-boggling matchups, we have some movies to talk to you about and a little segment we like to call What Are You Looking At? Oh, God damn it. I'm going to edit this part out. Don't worry about it. You don't you don't know this, but I'm gonna be up till about two two o'clock in the morning putting this whole shit together. Yeah, my wife loves it. Ah! And then uh, tomorrow, if anybody looks at me, I'm going to snap at them and probably throw some <laughs> some ethnic slurs at them, whether or not they even fit. Uh, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? 
Matt, have you heard of a TV show called NOS4A2? NOS4A2, excellent series. Just started watching it myself based on the Joe Hill novel by the same name. Um, big fan of Zachary Quinto. Good show. How deep are you into it? I am episode one. I got two. I got two episodes deep. Here's the problem I have. I've read the book. Love mm-hmm. the book. I love Joe Hill. I, th- I think he's actually going to surpass his dad. I'm going to make a bold statement and say that that could happen. Here's what I actually really love about it. I just started um, Dr. Sleep. Okay. And they're now starting to cross-reference each other's work in a weird way. Uh, Charlie Manx mentioned at the beginning of Dr. Sleep by mm. Dick Halloran's uh, abusive grandfather. Okay. Or uncle, I think. So there's that. Um, here's, here's the problem I have with NOS4A2, the TV show. Having read the book, I know where we're going. I know what's going on. But if I hadn't read the book, I would find it very difficult to follow because it is all over the fucking place, much like the book is. So I get it. I know where we're, where we're headed. But if I were a casual viewer, I probably would have turned, tuned out already just because it's so wacky, man. This is a little wacky. You've got, you know, Vic McQueen, um, who when I read the book, I felt was younger than she was in the than she is in the show. Um, you know, but riding the dirt bike, you got the bridge. I mean, it's definitely a lot to try to wrap your head around. Um, I mean, he's very, Joe Hill's very similar to his dad in those, he likes to do the whole world building. He's a bit more straightforward than his dad. Cause well, we all know how Stephen King can be. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, and I'm digging the show so far. I'm a big fan of Zachary Quinto. Uh, like I said, I'm only one episode deep, so I'll, you know, we'll see how it is since it just started premiering on Shudder. I didn't watch it when it was on, was it AMC or TBS mm-hmm. or one of those shows, but, yeah. uh, um, you know, but I'm digging it so far. I'm eager to see how it goes, but the book was, book was fantastic. So, I'm mm-hmm. um, eager to see how Christmas land is. Well, we got a little snapshot of it. Not much, but, uh, something to go on. Um, I love me some Zachary Quinto too. I don't think you're going to get any better than Zachary Quinto as Oliver Threadson. No, uh, American Horror Story. American Horror two. Story Asylum. Right there. Love it. Love him. Uh, after that, I think that was his last appearance in American Horror Story. Um, yeah, man. I'm pretty gay for that, dude. And he is pretty gay, too. Is he really gay, a gay yeah, guy? He's gay in real life. Yep. Oh, okay, then. So he I tell you what. For you. I'm going to do some tweeting uh, as soon as the show's over. Find out just how gay he <laughs> is, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so I got to check out those two, and then I watched a movie called The Legend of Bigfoot from 1975. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen that one uh you don't want to it's bad i pulled it out of one of my public domain box sets um i think those movies are better off uh used as coasters <laughs> i like the the discs the actual discs it's fine it's a, basically a cheap knockoff have you ever seen the legend of boggy creek yes it's a cheap knockoff of that and um it's very cheap and if you've seen Boggy Creek, you can probably you skip can this see one. What happens. That's all I've seen, Matt. Have you seen any movies recently that you'd like to discuss? Yeah, I've seen quite a few. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we saw Scary Movies to Tell in the Dark. Right on. Um, you know, good show. Uh, what else did I watch recently? I watched Hereditary. Um, What'd you think of that? You know, it's it's one of those. My I, I could see, and I hadn't watched it before because I was thinking about going to see Midsummer. Um, right. in theaters and uh, i didn't get around to see that yet but i'll definitely check it out it's one of those you, i could see how you would either love it or hate it very artsy um i did enjoy it i liked a lot more than say mother okay uh, for instance which i would put kind of in the same vein um as far as 
you know, uh, I didn't see where it was going until the very end. Okay. Um, I like I like that, but uh, you have to be in the mood for some of those kind of movies. Um, yeah, I it was okay. Um, it wasn't one of my favorites, I, and, and honestly, kind of dissuaded me from going to watch Midsummer. I was going to watch it in the theater, and I'll probably mm-hmm. wait till it comes out on video, just because if a lot of people said it kind of follows that same vein as Hereditary, so okay. I'll wait to see it. Uh, what else did I watch recently? Um, just rewatch Horns recently. Another Joe Hill novel. It's a good show. Excellent movie. A big fan of Daniel Radcliffe in that Hilarious. movie. Hilarious. Hysterical. Hilarious. Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, so and I the part that. where he's like, "Hey, uh, news news <laughs> team five, why don't you fight news team three over there, and whoever wins gets the exclusive interview." Uh, great show. Um, I've been trying to introduce my girlfriend to a lot of new horror movies. Um, started off in the horror comedy realm, so I've rewatched a lot of those lately, like Dale and Tucker versus Evil, um, Deathgasm, Good you know, one. fabulous movie. Um, watched uh, Baskin, which I thought was Woo! that was a that was a bit of a, a I wasn't expecting what I got out of that. That one at the is end. a whole lot of what the fuck am I looking at here? I- this is getting ugly. Did the. Um, <laughs> Uh, been watching, checking out some Shutter, so I got in some Hell House uh, LLC and Hell House Two. What do you think of that shit? You know, believe it or not, I really enjoyed the Hell House series. Yeah? As far as uh, found footage goes, uh, I'm kind of a sucker for for the found footage genre. I've always have been. Uh, I, I thought the first one is definitely better than the second. The second one was a little cheesy, especially mm-hmm. toward the end. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the first one, dude. Really? Yeah. You know, it's just. <sighs> Dude, you you're laying it on a little thick with the I get I get the the appeal of the found footage. It's cheap, it's easy. You make shit out of movie in 25 minutes. It's fine. You get your your cronies together, you can make one for probably $1000. And that's all well and good. But uh you can't just rely on shaky cam and dude bros to write a story. And I felt like we got a double impact colon full of shaky bros. cam and dude bros. Dude, bro, whoa. Dude. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Bro, bro, oh, bro, bro, bro. All right, all right, take, take it easy. You got to show me something or else I'm going to tune out. And that's what I did with Hell House. There was something about just the, I'm kind of, a, I mean, I put it in the same vein as the, um, uh, what was the the Halloween found footage where they go around? Um, and oh, uh, the, the house is October. Yeah, house built. Is October built. Put it in kind of that same vein. I enjoyed that one too. I'm I love. I those. actually like that one substantially better because that had some some character building. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We we got to we got to know these guys. How dope would it be to just get into a Winnebago and that Fucking be your job to just hang, go and do haunted attractions? I'm signing up for that right now. I will. Fu- I will leave my wife. <laughs> Uh, and my kids. I love them dearly, but I will see you round about November. You know what I'm saying? Um, I get that, though, man. And uh, I feel like we're kind of drowning in found footage right now. I feel like we have been for like probably the last 15 years. I get it. I understand it's a cheap and easy way to make films, and it's a good way for guys to get their names out there. But at the same time, as a horror fan, at a certain point, when I see the little found footage thing pop up on Amazon, yeah, I was like, eh. I'm moving on. The next one. I'm moving on. Um, otherwise, uh, I've been checking out some of the Hulu's Into the Dark series. Um, what did you think of that shit? You know, I, I kind of matched up with you guys. Um, I showed my girlfriend. Uh, I'm just fucking with you. I thought I, I laughed hysterically at that movie. That so, I think is as good as you're going to get. Yeah. In the, uh, I'm in just the, fucking with you. <laughs> Here's a picture of a dick. Dick. <laughs> totally unprompted. Nobody asked for a picture of your ding dong. Here it is. 
And your your impression of the uh, the main character? Negative Yelp review. I'm gonna call the cops. I think my sister is missing. Uh, we did that one. We did uh, Treehouse with the witches. Uh, yeah, uh, I I think that's probably the worst. I. You the know, ending killed it for me, dude. I was, I, oh, oh, okay, you're full of shit. Okay, yeah. you just wasted an hour and a half of my time. Thank you very much. Yeah, Fuck when they did the whole, we're not three bitches, we're, we're three, three witches. witches. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, and then uh, the other one, um, I don't remember the name of it. it was the girl that uh, the. The antagonist was the chick that was like the health nut on reality TV, and the and the her best friend. They invite her to the party, and they kill. I don't remember the name of it. You that got one, me on that one. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. It was one of the end of the dark ones. Okay, but, uh, I didn't see that one. Uh, that one was pretty good. Um, but otherwise, um, I think that's that's probably about it. Uh, uh, oh, I've been watching. Um, it's not really horror. It's kind of sci-fi horror. Anybody that's out there really should be checking out the series Dark. They just finished up season two. I heard good things. Dark, I heard good things about that. It's amazing. It's uh, it's German. They do an overdubbing, but it's it's done really really well. And if you're into, like I said, it's not necessarily horror, but uh, if you're into the whole, it's got a lot of like a time travel element to it. It's it's fantastic. So oh, definitely God. check out Dark. All right, check that shit out, inmates. Let's talk a little immersion therapy, shall we? Immersion therapy. Are you familiar at all with the Clove Hitch Killer Crack House, Matt? Uh, I've heard of it, have not checked it out. Are you familiar at all with the BTK the BT- Killer? Uh, yes, I am. This is a pretty loose um, dramatization of those events. Uh, you got like the perfect dad, played by Dylan McDermott. Uh, perfect husband, you know, he's perfect perfect church going type of a dude turns out he's uh doing those those slipknot things on his balls and like suspending himself from the ceiling with a lady's undergarments on when nobody's home and uh murdering women at at that which is no no bueno who doesn't like to do those things from time to time um i'm not putting anything on my balls (laughs) especially a slipknot so forget that pretty good show what i like about this one is that it goes it spends the first half of the movie establishing him as maybe the BTK killer or the Clovich killer. And then from there, just as you're thinking, well, he probably is. Then we're going to cut to his son, who's been piecing this whole mystery together the whole time. And then we're going to cut to the end of the movie where, yes, he is the killer. And now we have a confrontation between father and son. And we're going to find out how that turns out in the end. Pretty good show. Love me some Dylan McDermott. Um... I think it is probably worth a watch loosely based on the BTK killer. Okay. Um, gets kind of wacky with all the fucking self uh, bondage, if that's even a thing. Oh, I mean, obviously it is. How uh, There's a, a level of coordination necessary for self bondage. A lot of effort, a lot, and, a lot more than I'm willing to put in. Dude. Uh, you're going to have to like get the wife and kids out of the house for like a full weekend. 
And then you got to have like a contingency plan in the event that you can't get out of the fucking right. harness that you, you strapped yourself into. Who are you going to call? More to the point, how are you going to call them? Because you're, you're, you're hanging upside down like a fucking weasel and your balls are turning purple. Uh, Siri! <laughs> Siri! Yeah. Somebody help me, please! I don't know, dude. That's I'm not, uh, not calling my wife at that point. I'm telling you that right okay. now. Okay. I'll call your wife also because uh, I'm definitely not calling my wife. I'll never hear the end of that shit. You remember that time I came home and you and your had balls that, were stuck up? You, in the- you were in that goddamn spider web thing? Look at these Polaroid pictures all about. What are you doing? All right. Anyway. (laughs) All right, inmates, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Ghost Team, as picked by Tom Hardy, as you'll recall. Stars John Heater, David Kermoltz, and Melanie Diaz. This one's uh, directed by Oliver Irving. Came out in 2016. You can find that on Netflix streaming presently. Check that out. We'll do the same. We can compare ourselves some notes next week. In the meantime, we have no Miss Monica to educate, and Buddy's not here to uh, regale us with tales of... Working seven days a buddy, week. Buddy, buddy tales, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So I think we're going to go ahead and call this an episode. Crack House Matt, it has been a genuine honor and a pleasure to have you in here in the padded room. Thanks for having me back. It's been far too long. It, feel free to join us. Next time you're in this time zone, sir. I will do my best. All righty. For Buddy, Monica, and Absentia, Crack House Matt, his girlfriend, who's given me the stink eye, um, doctors that are harvesting organs behind uh, people's back, Tom Selleck, um, and the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Jesus.